Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we shout our questionable expertise into the yawning void of the internet. I'm Matt Heron. It's me, Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. Jeff, are you celebrating the Mario-versary or whatever? Uh, no, that would have been It's-a-me, Jeff. <laughs> that is absolutely what you said. <laughs> I There was no Italian accent in there. I very specifically said, mm. It's me. <laughs> It sounded like right. it's a me to me. Yeah, that's just what you wanted you, to hear. Yeah, you just wanted to hear it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm Got feeling him. very. I'm feeling very under the gun about whether I need to buy the <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3D All Stars thing for my Switch because I don't want to play it. But now that I know they're taking it away, what if I want to <laughs> play it someday? You know what I mean. <laughs> Listen, before the show, you were just talking about how you don't need to keep garbage in your house just in case you need uh, it. I don't think you need but, this game. But electronic garbage doesn't take up any space, you see. <laughs> mm. <sighs> yes, it does on idea. your hard drive or SD card. Yeah, that's why I built a computer with, this is not a lie, three and a half terabytes of data storage. <laughs> right, but your thought- Switch doesn't have that much. Yeah, but I could try. I mean, it'll be in the cloud. It's in the cloud, you guys. Oh, I don't know right. yeah, I, I thought Jeff, I really thought Jeff was saying, but it takes up space in your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that is true for Mario games. <laughs> it does. Yeah. You only have the room for so many. <laughs> I mean, the thing <sighs> is, though, if I had. If I want to play, you know, Super Mario Brothers 3D or whatever it's called again, what's what's the one, uh, the N64 one? Mario 64 oh. got there. Uh, if I want to play that again, and I don't want to hook up all of my shit again to play it, I, it would be nice to be able to just put it on, to play it on Switch. I think you guys both need, both of you, intervention time. You need to stop playing old games because old games are garbage. Don't look back. Mm, new games are but, good. But sometimes <laughs> there aren't new ga- any new games and I want to play a game. Mm, there's well, always I, new games if you look. I like to uh, revisit games like that to, to see, like, yeah, what is still good about this? What have they done better? And what, like, have they not done better? And it's really interesting because Mario 64, there's some stuff about it where there's still other 3D platformers that aren't doing certain things better, even though stuff like turning around on a very small, tight platform is very bad in the game. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. All right. I sometimes I just get stuck in my head, like the feeling of Mario flying with the wings cap or whatever, and I'm like, I have to play this. Like, I'm gonna go crazy if I don't. Do you ever get that? No. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. I just think there's so many like games that I got bored of and didn't finish, and then sometimes I just want to go back and finish them also. It is nice if you haven't played a game since you were a kid, when you go back and you're like, this is easy now. I'm so much better at playing games now. (laughs) It's true. And, like, the thing of it is, SNES games still (laughs) are good. Like, yes, that's unlike true. when they went over to 3D stuff and it all looks like shit for a decade, all of the SNES ones still look great and are fun to play and are good. Matt, aren't you one of the anti-pixel art people that hates pixel art? I hate when people do pixel art now. I see. Because you could do better, and I know you're just, I mean, I, it's not even that I hate it. I like a lot of pixel art games, but I know that don't try to pretend like this is a choice. Like, this is you <laughs> cutting corners, and I know it, and you know it, so stop. I think it's like memes. <laughs> Let me explain. 
Okay, go ahead. Please explain this meme to us. Could we get it? Wait, before we get into this, could we make a merchandising opportunity here and have a t-shirt with Louise's face on it that says, I think it's like memes? I was pointing my finger as well, so we're going to do that on the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, pixel art can be easy to do mechanically. Yes. So I think you fall into the thing where you have some people making pixel art games because they love the format and they really do make the most of it and they do an excellent job. Like I think, you know, Octopath Traveler, I think that is an amazing looking game and it's pixel art and it's modern. It is not pixel art, but go on. Well, the uh, look of it. The the, sprites are, yes. Yes, yes. I I think they use it well is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and I think like... Hollow Knight is a better example. Hollow Knight is also not pixel art. Damn it! (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's, there's that, uh, Hollow Knight is doing the thing that Matt would prefer they do, where they do, like, uh, high, high definition hand drawn graphics for a 2D game. Yeah, or, or, I mean, I, here's the- Oh, sorry, the, not the, Hollow, sorry. Shovel, Shovel Knight. Knight. Yes. Shovel Knight, yes. Shovel Knight is pixel art. You got it. Um, no, but the, the actual dirty secret that I, that I don't, that I gloss over for the sake of comedy is, is that, <laughs> Um, I like pixel art for th- something like Hollow uh, Shovel Knight. I did it. Yeah, like, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> it's impossible yeah. not to do. It's because um, they came out be- like within a year of each other. <laughs> They're pretty yes. much the same thing. <laughs> because the point of the pixel art in that is that the whole game is designed around the idea of creating a retro game with modern mechanics. Right. And, like, there's a reason why you did pixel art there. And as long as you have a reason why the pixel art makes the game more the thing it's supposed to be, I'm on board with it. I think it's a good choice sometimes. What I don't think is a good choice is when you're like, we made this, like, complicated branching simulator, and we didn't want to spend money to make 3D graphics, so we're just going to get somebody on DeviantArt to make some pixel graphics. Yes, this is... This is what I meant by it being like memes. You have this format that's easy to do mechanically. So you have people who do it because they love it and they truly understand it, like using yeah. a reaction meme, like to the the feeling that's shown on the person's face. Someone can use that to describe something very specific. And you're like, wow, it is like that. This is a good use of this meme. Yeah. Or you have somebody who doesn't really understand humor or anything, just putting some words over the meme picture. And they're like, yeah, look, I made a meme. And you're like, yeah. this doesn't work. Because they yeah. don't get it, it's just easy for them. So you have people who are into this art style because they love it, and people who are into it just because it's easy, and sometimes it's hard to figure out which is which. I it's think true. that you are both underestimating how much of a pain in the ass it is to make pixel art. Uh, but <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, I, I guess I, the, the weird thing is the art is definitely as hard, but the rest of the game making around pixel art is way easier than trying to make a 3D like, field with 3D models moving around on it. Mm. Yeah. And there's definitely some pixel art where they haven't... They they don't have any artistry to it, so you're like, I can't really tell what's going on on the screen, because they didn't really think about the artistry of pixel art. They just made some sprites out of pixels. Yeah. Uh, Shovel Knight is the perfect example to me, because they specifically were like, we are limiting the music to only the, like, exact 
technical limitations of the Famicom. We're having exactly as many vertical pixels as you could do in the Famicom. We're going to cheat a little and make it widescreen. We're going to add some like browns and purples because they couldn't really produce those. But other than that, we're like really sticking to the aesthetic for everything. The text, the menus, all of it. Other yeah. games, like I was playing Shantae and the Pirate's Curse yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a pretty decent looking like Super Nintendo, maybe even PS1 style like pixel art platformer. But yeah. all all of the text boxes are like high like fonts like normal like computer fonts in crisp high definition over top of yeah. like pixel art backgrounds and it drives me insane yes <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i mean i i feel like at that point it's just laziness it's not that you wanted to you were trying to do a thing you're just like what's the easiest way to do this like we a bunch of coder boys only care about the mechanics and we don't care about aesthetics at all yes. yeah maybe so that bums me out but i do think that there are is a place for pixel art and that will be evinced by the thing i did this week yay so, matt matt what did you do this week though yeah tell yeah, me there, more about that thing go. you did <laughs> uh so <laughs> i uh i i played a couple of new games this week that i want to talk about and the first one because it dovetails nicely into what we were just talking about is a new game that's taking the internet by storm called loop hero have you guys heard of Loop Hero? No. I have. I was told that uh, I shouldn't play it because it will destroy my life. <laughs> uh, it is extremely good. I think that it's not as... Um, I, I think that it's easier to get out of being engrossed by it than people are giving it credit for, but it is extremely addictive. So what it is, is plot-wise, you play a hero uh, who is the last thing still in existence because a necromancer came to your world and like dissolved everything in black goo so you start as just a, a person in armor in a black void and then it's then your hero is like well i remember that i was standing on a road and then a road appears under your feet um and basically the whole game play of it is there is a circular ish road that you are walking on and as you're walking along you can play cards to populate that road with monsters or or, you know, forests or villages and things like that. And each of those biomes you put on the road generate their own challenges. But every time you overcome a challenge, you get rewards, which allow you to place more things on the road so that you can build up your community to give yourself better armor or better weapons or magic powers and things like that. So it is... It is a loop. It's all done in pixel art style. Um, it is a very simple loop and it's, it doesn't try to hide the fact that, uh, the, the, the loop of the game represents the gameplay loop of you constantly feeding back into the mechanics. Um, but it's super fun and like very simple to get the hang of. And it's easy to be like, Oh, I'm just going to do one more loop, which could take you know, 15, 20 minutes every time you do a loop, uh, and then you end up spending six hours playing this game because it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, it sounds interesting. Is there a yeah. lot of like text and reading in this game or would be would it be a good game to play while listening to a podcast? Definitely. There's So as you're looping through it, uh, every time you pass through your starting point, you have the option to stop your loop and go back to the community you came from to, like, build new buildings or whatever to help the humans that are back there uh, as you save them. And 
that is the only time that there are any kind of dialogue things. So mm. as you're playing the actual game, it's just fighting. So I've been listening to podcasts and I think it is a good, uh, sort of idle game. I mean, the music is really nice and it's worth listening to, but you and I, Jeff, both like to do something else with our ears while we're playing games. So yeah, I know you have, you have called me monstrous for, for this. <laughs> Uh, I've called you monstrous because you only want to play games that you don't have to (laughs) commit to the characters at all. Uh, Yeah, that's true. No, I I like to play a lot of Tetris. Mm -hmm. Um, It it has a very Tetris feel to it because you're kind of trying to... You only have so much road real estate and you're trying to fit in all the different monster types that you want to get resources from. Um, And sometimes, like, unexpectedly, if you put certain things next to each other, they synergize and make a new thing. So that's exciting. Mm. Uh, It's a shame it's not out on Switch yet, but I guess I will buy it on the computer. It's definitely going to come out on Switch. It's, like, one of the most Switch ass games I've ever played. My preferred platform is the computer, so I just got it, but if you would like to play it on Switch, I would bet that in the next couple of months it will come out on Switch. Mm, I'm just gonna buy it on the PC right now, immediately. It's very good. It's very fun to play, and it's like a nice sort of meditative game. There are, I mean, there is a lot of reading when you first start playing it because you need to read all the cards to understand what they do, just like any deck builder. <laughs> but once you get the hang of it, you're like, oh yeah, Vampire Castle, I know exactly where I want to put that, and you don't yeah, need to read all of I the I want to put that right in my PlayStation 1. <laughs> Is there a game called Vampire yeah. Castle? No, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how different is it, really? <laughs> if you put together the words Vampire Castle, I do think of Castlevania first. I mean, that's exactly. definitely the, like, if you translated it into Swedish and back or whatever, that's what it would be. <laughs> the, I, the, uh, the, what is it? The Japanese name is Akumajo Dracula, which I think just means Dracula Castle. There you go. Sounds about right. <laughs> Um, the other game that I've been playing is Bravely Default 2, which is a Switch game. Um, and I heard someone online say that this, and I think it's great, is that they, that Bravely Default 2 is the latest in the Square Enix Underline series. Mm, <laughs> because yes. games like Bravely Default and Octopath Traveler and mm-hmm. Triangle Strategy all are just in a very boring white font with an underline. <laughs> Yes. And they all have a very similar aesthetic and um approach to gameplay. And I've loved all of them. So, yeah, I'm a fan of the Underline series, I guess. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yes, I have heard that. Um, I but really... Bravely- oh, sorry. oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I really love that Square is doing, like, all right, we are going to codename the, na- the game Octopath Traveler. We'll come up with a real later. And then they <laughs> just absolutely never do. <laughs> yeah. Like, that well, Project project Triangle Battle or whatever is absolutely just going to be called that when it comes out. Yeah. God. And it's great. <laughs> like, it's not- the names are the names are not good, <laughs> but I appreciate the fact that they are, they are the thing they are. Like, I think Square Enix knows exactly what it's doing, by which I mean they know that their bread is buttered on a side marked Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts and Dragon Quest, um, but they still are committing they have several teams committed to like doing crimes they're committing crimes yeah just just fuck around and see what happens like just take a mechanic and see if you can make anything out of it and i think that's really cool um 
it's surprising how fun Bravely Default is, considering how bad the name is. Uh, and the, the, the new one is, is also very fun. It's got an interesting enough plot. Um, but like mechanically, it's exactly the thing you, you always wanted, like Final Fantasy 3 to be, where in Final Fantasy 3, you've got a choice between like eight different jobs that you can put people in throughout the course of the game. And like, if you are a warrior, then you're a warrior. And as you're playing it, you're like, what would be cool is if I could be a warrior, but I had this one thief skill. And that's exactly what Bravely Default is. Like, as you master things, you can combine jobs in different ways. There's like 40 different jobs you can choose from, and you master them super quick. So I think there's only like 11 levels in each job. So as you master a job, then you're like, okay, my main character, I've been like, he's been this like armored knight the whole time. So he's got a crazy high def- defense stat. What if I make him this, uh, like monk character that doesn't wear armor, but they're super good at counterattacking because he's already good at defense. He will absorb those hits and then counterattack and it'll, he'll be like a super weapon. And that's mm. really fun for me. Did you ever play <clears throat> Fantasy Life? No. Do you know of it? Wait, I did. Is that the one where you are, it's like a, um, like a farming little... simulator, but also you're, like, going on adventures and stuff? Uh, not really so much farming, but yeah, you go on little adventures and you can choose, uh, I think there's a dozen jobs, maybe just eight jobs, and then mm-hmm. you can switch job tracks as you complete each one. And yes, I did play that now that I remember. I'd forgotten entirely about it, but yes, I played that. Yeah, it's very <laughs> cute and small. I think it is a bit forgettable, but I really like yeah. the idea of it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's exactly the thing. Like, I think what some of the teams at Square Enix are doing now is going back to their old properties where there was, like, a really great idea that didn't get its full uh exploration and being like, what if we did more with this? What if we mm-hmm. tried to do this, but a whole game of just this. And I, I'm so excited that they're doing that mm-hmm. because for all that Square Enix has this reputation of making these huge sweeping RPGs, they kind of leave a lot of good shit by the wayside in the name of innovating for the next version. Yeah. Um, and it's cool that they're going back for that. Yeah. Sounds <clears throat> good. So, uh, my recommendation for Jeff is Loop Hero and my j- recommendation for Louisa is Bravely Default 2. All right. Maybe I'll look into <clears throat> that. Yep, I'm installing Lupiro right now. <laughs> uh, Alright, so Jeff, what did you do this week? Oh boy, uh, I have been dreading this. Uh, <laughs> oh god. Uh-oh. No, I've I've done very uh, little. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I yesterday I played an hour and a half of Final Fantasy VII remake. That's pretty good. Um, I just watched the first episode of the Pacific Rim anime this morning. That's all right. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I could talk about bullet journaling. That's been like my main thing this week. Oh yeah, I want to know what like give give me a rundown on how you use that for your life. Okay. So there's this concept called bullet journaling that was invented by this guy named Ryder something. Uh, Ryder Strong? Strong. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ryder Carroll, um, who's some kind of annoying uh, high-powered business uh, man, um, but he has ADHD, so he was like, I need to make a planner that works for my uh, crazy loopy brain. Um, Mm -hmm. So the main thing about this is... At the front, your first double spread of pages, you label index. 
Mm -hmm. And you, whenever you uh, want to have something, like a new page of things, like shopping list, or songs my friends have recommended to me, you you find a page, make sure all your pages are numbered, and you write the title at the top, then you write the title and the page number in your index, and you're good. Okay. Um, So, I have in my index here my future log, which is, like, stuff I want to accomplish. Uh, I have the next six months of, like, they're all blank, except in July, I have my to-do is look good in t-shirts again, so we'll see. Okay. <laughs> uh, I do want to point out that no one looks good in t-shirts, but go on. I don't know. I, I think I, I'm pretty good. I did until quarantine. Um, I I made the statement that made my wife extremely angry at me the other day, that I don't think I'm, I, I think I might be too old to wear t-shirts anymore. <laughs> and she's like, you wear t-shirts all the time. <laughs> but like... There's when I say t-shirts I mean like t-shirts that have something printed on it. Mm, I disagree. You can't wear those after a certain. You just can't. I right? disagree. I completely disagree. Those are for everyone. Those are the clothes yeah, of the people. Uh, I, I just wanna... put on uh, I I made a list yesterday stuff I want to buy and put on it uh Link's lobster shirt from uh Windows. Yay. <laughs> What does that mean? What's a Lynx lobster? <laughs> I love that you can get that in Breath of the Wild. When I saw it, I was like, hey, I know what this shirt is, even though I yeah. never played Wind Waker. <laughs> uh, what I love is the champion's tunic is just the lobster shirt, but with a sword instead of a lobster. <laughs> um, the lobster shirt is the pajamas that Link is wearing at the beginning of Wind Waker. It has a lobster on it. It's like a blue shirt. Okay, with a big white but... image of a lobster, yes. <laughs> It looks okay. pretty much like the default outfit in Breath of the Wild, except it's, uh, like, not the default outfit in this game. <laughs> it just, uh, when you say Link's Lobster, it makes me think of one of the villains from, because Link's, like, L-Y-N-X Lobster. Mm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, a Mega Man, like a Mega Man X bad guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sounds terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it does sound terrifying. Uh, and I also have Champion's Tunic under my stuff I want to buy. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, like, anytime I want to write stuff down, I just, like, if I don't have a page for it, I make a page for it, and then I write it down in here. So it's making me use the planner aspect more, because whenever I'm like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to watch that movie, I'll write it down in the same, very same book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have uh, the the, the things about it that uh, make it make it stick for me are it's sort of freeform. It has <laughs> that I- index. And you use it for stuff besides just, like, stuff that you have to do. You also use it for stuff that you want to do. That's That's helpful, yeah. 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 Do you worry about running out of pages? Uh, this has 160 pages, so, like, yeah, I'll run out eventually and just have to get a notebook, but... You can also get small... That would ruin it for me. I would be so, uh, like, Uh. nervous. From from day one, I'd be like, well, I can't (laughs) write this down, because what if I need that page for something else later? Well... Matt, Which I realize also... is why I don't have ADHD, <laughs> I have extreme anxiety instead, like, that is obviously what's going on here. But, if Jeff likes this, what Jeff could get is a little, they make little tiny three-ring binders and you buy more pages mm. for them. Yeah, that's, that's what Leah true. uses for hers. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I had always thought that this was just, because of the name, for journaling. Mm. And there's nothing I hate more in for this bullets. world This is only journaling. for people. This is <laughs> for only bullets. for bullets to journal yeah, for, about who they shot I, or whatever. I write down all of the bullets I've interacted with. In <laughs> oh man, you know there's going to be an action movie called Bullet Journal someday, oh, where somebody God. just writes down all the people they killed with bullets. It already <laughs> sounds like the name of an anime. <laughs> That's true! Yeah. We can make this happen, you guys. No! Bullet- <laughs> Bullet journal is what you get when you translate Death Note back and forth between <laughs> <Yes>. languages. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Vampire Castle Bullet Journal. Wait, now we're getting very anime. <laughs> oh, I I uh, looked it up, but we moved away. Akumajo Dracula means Devil's Castle Dracula, not Vampire's Castle. I'm sorry, everyone. I'll do better. <laughs> Devil's Castle Dracula. God. That's no. weird. Why would you things. make? Why is there a devil and a vampire in your title? <laughs> I think the idea is this is a this is a uh, evil castle. Like all the evil stuff lives here, like a haunted Not- house, like Dracula's haunted house, which sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Devil's Castle is uh, sort of your equivalent to haunted house or Resident Evil, except much more classy. <laughs> One step oh, up from a ha- haunted house is Devil's Castle. <laughs> it's so easy to forget how terrible a name Resident Evil is. <laughs> I love it. It's like my, I think my favorite names for, uh, media properties that come out of Japan are like <sighs> titles that are in English, but like it's clear that the creators just remember their English class from high school and yep. like are not fluent, but they know yep. enough to get the idea across. And, and it, See, it creates this sort of like weird dissonance. You always it, talk it about does- how you like this and Matt and I hate it so much. I know. <laughs> I, it does work for a certain genre of like horror games and things like that because the badness of the title uh like leads to the creepiness of it in some way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like Resident Evil being a little bit like off and weird is part of why it's so creepy. Whereas if you make a, a game that's supposed to be like cute or fun and the title doesn't make sense, then yeah, it's like if you called your show Little Witch Academia and that's fucking not what the word academia <laughs> means. Yes, that's true. It's fine. That show's pretty good. (laughs) No. (laughs) If you call your video game bravely default and neither of those words mean are used in that way at all. I mean, the if you made the if you made Resident Evil a title that made sense, it would be House of the Dead, which is yeah. a much worse game. Yes, that's true. And also, <sighs> like Resident Evil, because it doesn't mean anything, can can mean everything. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? Like you couldn't have a big vampire lady in House of the Dead. <laughs> Yeah, that would have to be, like, Mansion of the Undead or something. Yeah, it would have to be some kind of Devil Castle <laughs> Dracula. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. Which, uh, now now the debate is, what is a better title? Devil ca- Devil's Castle Dracula or Castlevania? Because they are both crazy. Mm, yeah. Yeah. What I if feel it was like, like Castlevania at least isn't trying to be anything. It's its own thing, which I appreciate. Yeah, I do kind of <laughs> like that. What if it was Devil Castle No Dracula to make it even more? <laughs> just even to more be like, like uh, No Dracula's here, just us chickens. <laughs> And then you encounter Dracula, and he's sitting on his throne drinking wine, but he's got, like, party city devil horns on. He's like, no, I'm the devil, I'm not Dracula. Blah, this is the devil's castle. You shouldn't bring garlic here, because it's not gonna do anything. I'm not weak to garlic, I'm the devil. (laughs) 
<laughs> so is the whole point of this game that you wonder if it's a sex thing for Dracula the entire time? <laughs> please don't. I mean, isn't that please. Dracula's whole deal anyway? <laughs> yes. Please, please don't. Any crosses in here. <laughs> I hate it. I hate when you do that. <sighs> please don't whip me in the head until I turn into a seven foot tall uh, bat monster. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> there's a there's a character who becomes evil in uh, Dragon Quest Eleven, <clears throat> who does turn into a seven foot tall uh, devil <laughs> with uh, rippling abs. <clears throat> and all I can think is, this is somebody's sex thing. <clears throat> yeah, that I happens get- to Dracula in most of the Castlevania games too. Mm-hmm. It's definitely uh, evidence of the fact that all of the character design was done by Toriyama that I was like, yeah. not sure if you which one you were talking about until you said the rippling abs, because the other option is Bug Monster. <laughs> yes. No, to be fair, he also likes those people who look like those little uh, squeezy uh, toys, stress toys, where the eyes bug out and they have the weird round mouth. <laughs> yeah, man, that. those things are creepy as shit. <laughs> Yeah, I his his fat monster is one yeah. of my favorite. Like, oh yeah, this one's a little fat monster. He's kind of chubby and love him. Earlier this week on Twitter, everyone was freaking out about the I guess character reveal for uh, Super Saiyan Four Gogeta in the in a new fighting game or whatever. Hmm. I, I looked God, at the hearing picture. That made me so tired. <laughs> yeah, I looked at the picture and I was like, I genuinely don't see how this is any different from how he was before. <laughs> oh yeah, Dragon Ball Fighter Z. We get well, he's got red hair. Uh-huh. Um, but he's... isn't that what all the SSJ four uh, characters do? Uh, four is just not a, a level that we usually get to see. Yes, but it's no different, it seems, than three. Uh, three is still blonde, so now oh, his okay. hair's red and his tail is back, and he has more ape fur on him. <laughs> yes, but we have seen that for Goku and Vegeta. Now we're just seeing it for Gogeta, which I guess is fine, but it's not visually different. I get if you're excited, like, oh, he's gonna be so strong, but like... He still just looks like the other ones, right? I don't oh, know. I'm, I'm looking Born. at Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta, and he has a mullet, and that's no good. He well, has a Super Saiyan mullet. <laughs> or is it very good, is the question. Mm. Yeah, no, it's extremely good. Not as cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. I love... I, I've talked before about how I really liked Dragon Ball Z when I was in high school, because that's the time you're supposed to like Dragon Ball Z, um, and I still think that it does a lot of good stuff, by which I mean having characters that are like professional baseball players, <laughs> and getting their driver's licenses and stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. I want that. I want Super Saiyan... Call me when Super Saiyan Gen 4 uh, Gogeta gets his driver's license. Until then, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I like, I like Dragon Ball Fighter Z, or however you're supposed to pronounce it, uh, because it is the video game that most looks like its source material out of any video game I've ever seen. Yeah, they do a good job of making basically the, the fighters look like the, you're just playing the TV show, which is what everyone wants, so good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that game's fun. Uh, Louisa, what'd you do this week? Uh, I've actually seen a new movie this week, which I never do. <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> I know, right? You mean you mean new to you, right? Like no. it came out in the thirties, but you <laughs> saw it for the first time. No, I saw uh, yesterday. Uh, here's the problem: I don't remember how to pronounce it, and I just saw it. 
I saw Raya and the Last Dragon. Okay. This is the new Disney. Yes, it might be Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm such an asshole. Like, I saw the movie. Characters said it, and I don't remember. But it was pretty good. (laughs) You know how (laughs) you can see a movie that's a kid's movie, and you think, there's not a whole lot going on here? Mm-hmm. And then you realize, like, I guess I'm judging it too harshly, because it really is for kids. Yes. So I think overall, this is a pretty good movie, actually. It just falls a little short if you expect a complicated plot. Yeah, I, I've definitely watched kids' movies in recent years and thought, like, if I was a kid, mm-hmm. this would be my whole world right now. Yes. <laughs> I would get so into this, but now as an adult, I don't give a shit. <laughs> This is probably the only movie that I've seen during quarantine where I've thought, you know, it's a shame I'm not seeing this on the big screen, because the visuals hmm. in this are very good. Okay, so you decided to become an anti-masker. <laughs> yeah, I'm going out to theaters just to see this. <clears throat> You're gonna go protest at the governor's mansion. <laughs> uh, you guys, I'm fully vaccinated and they just started reopening theaters near me, and I'm like, is it... Would it be okay to go? And I don't think it would be, but I, I think I if really you wore a mask, to. I think if yeah, you wore a I mask, would, it would be I okay. Would, I would wear a mask the whole time, but I think that it's just like the science is a little unclear as to whether or not uh, vaccinated people can transmit it, even if right. they can't get sick. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like most, it's like 85% likely that we can't, but I don't know. Yeah, that's all very complicated. I think that, I mean, I realize that the thing I'm about to say is wrong, but it's still what I think, is that anyone in their right mind going out to a theater right now would also be vaccinated, so you'd probably be okay. Mm. Yeah, but we know that that's not really the case. I know, but yeah, I want nice. it to be the case. Um, so anyway, this movie, I recommend it. Uh, I don't think I recommend it for, what is it, $30 that it costs you to rent it right now? Yeah, that's uh, wild. Yes, I did not rent it myself. <laughs> I was just there mm-hmm. while uh, my mother rented it. But yeah, if you don't have like five or six people all together watching it, I don't think it's going to be worth $30 for you. But I mean, I do think that that's what they expect. Like, th- they yes. priced it because they knew they couldn't stop you from doing that. Yes. And like, I don't know, I bet if you have kids, they are itching to see it, and so you're yes. probably going to spend it. <laughs> but like, for most adults, You'd be like, uh, I'll wait. I'll wait until it's not $30 anymore. Yeah. I actually do know that it will be free if you have Disney Plus starting in June. So there's there that. There you go. Um, the idea is like 30 bucks is a cheap night at the movies for uh, like two parents and two right. or three kids. Right. Yeah. And like, fair enough. I mean, I think that it's criminal how companies like Disney milk parents for all their money by just making their kids whine about wanting to have a thing until they get it. Um, But if you're a parent and you're like, listen, it's worth $30 to me to just stop having my kids talk to me for two hours. (laughs) Like, yeah, I get it. A hundred percent. I get it. Uh, So um, I wasn't sure if this was based on a book or anything. Apparently it's not, but it is a story set in a fantasy world that is clearly in Inspired by Southeast Asia. So there are uh, five different lands within this one world, and Mm -hmm. she visits all of them, uh, Raya does, and um, that you can tell they're all inspired by different places in Southeast Asia. So that's very interesting. When you say Southeast Asia, you're talking like Korea and those kinds of areas? I don't think Korea counts, Um, but the Philippines, uh, Malaysia... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, places but then that are more everything tropical. changed when the Fire Nation attacks. <laughs> See, I haven't ever watched Avatar, so I couldn't tell you any parallels <laughs> there, but I'm sure there are some. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, but Avatar it's- is good. I'm surprised that uh, it didn't get more traction considering how good a series it was. I mean, I mean as we've talked about before, Korra is better, but I think you do need to watch Avatar to get it. Uh, yeah. you, you saw that Nickelodeon just opened Avatar Studios, right? Like, headed by the creators, and they're going to make a bunch more Avatar stuff? Yes, that's true, but I still think, like, Avatar isn't as common a touchstone as I think it should be for how mm. good it was. Yeah, yeah that's and- true. <laughs> It's not it's not as accessible as SpongeBob, which we all understand viscerally. That's, that's what's so weird, because I've watched maybe fifteen seconds of SpongeBob before being like, this is unwatchable trash. And I understand that that's because I was not of the age to like it. Um, but like that problem did not happen for me with uh Avatar. Like mm. even as even watching it as a person who was too old for it, I was like, this is still good and interesting to watch, and I like it. As opposed to, this is clearly only for children that are younger than me. Yeah, I was a junior in high school when it premiered, so it was very much like, I watched it and was like, oh, this sucks. Uh, and then I had to be, like, an adult much later to appreciate it from that distance. Right. Well, it doesn't help that the first episode is, like, Nickelodeon kid trash. And they it took them a while to get to being good. Uh, so I kind of tuned that out a little bit, because I don't know anything about Avatar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this movie, pretty good. Not too complicated. Um, it ended in a... <laughs> You kind of know how a fairy tale movie is going to go, and you kind of know that they're all going to have a happy ending, and it does have a happy ending. But near the climax of it, it goes in a direction I didn't quite expect that I thought was very interesting. So it doesn't teach just the same, uh, you know, values that every other mm, fairy tale movie teaches. So that was interesting. Do you feel like Disney has been, like, pushing for female action hero uh, princesses lately. Yes, I do think that. <clears throat> I don't uh, know. I I mean, I think it's nice that they're not just having the prince, the Disney princesses, be you know sitting around waiting for a prince anymore. Obviously, I think that that's a step in the right direction. <laughs> but I do find it weird that like every Disney movie now is like this girl really kicks ass. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, I think they did a good job here where. Uh, your main character is competent and she is on her own, but then she discovers the importance of uh, getting to know and uh, care about other people. And mm-hmm. there's n- like, she does know how to sword fight and she does some of that, but it's not about that as much as you might expect. So that's oh, good. okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think it, it might just be a, a bit of a, I don't know, maybe a, a coincidence because, well, it's I think a large part of what is informing Disney's strategy right now is the fact that uh, a larger audience for films, especially theatrical films, right now is China. Uh, yeah. So making movies that appeal to a Chinese audience, including having them feature and be about uh, East Asian uh, sort of iconography, and then in addition, uh, having them be uh, sort of very pretty looking action movies is is like all of that is lining up to make it so now a lot of their movies are about kick-ass sorties. 
I kind of wonder I mean, about that because I know a bit of controversy for this movie was that they cast a lot of East Asian uh, actors or American East Asian rather than Southeast Asian, even though it's sort of set in Southeast Asia. So mm. people have kind of kicked up some dirt about that. And I, I think that their trend towards fighting women as the leads has gone for longer than that, Jeff. Just like uh, like Merida and Moana and like even Frozen a little bit. Like, I know her name's not Frozen, but you know what I mean? That's her name. (laughs) Princess Frozen. Uh, Merida, I don't want to give them credit for, because that was Pixar, and also I actually like her. (laughs) Yes, that's true. Although they put her in with the other Disney princesses in Ralph Breaks the Internet, so. Yeah, Yeah. it's a little weird that she's been adopted by that franchise. Yes. Um, Yeah, I like her because she's a Scottish asshole. (laughs) I do. I think that Brave is actually one of the most underrated Disney movies because the moral of it is everyone was a jerk the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah. Um, something I liked about uh, Raya and the Last Dragon is it's not a musical, and it doesn't oh. even pretend to be one. Like it doesn't have musical breaks or anything. So that's really interesting for a Disney movie. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. That part. I, mean, of I guess none like of the, the Pixar's overall, right? are really musicals, huh? Hmm, I guess not. Sometimes some of them have musical things for sidekicks, don't they? Am I Only just making Randy that up? Newman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't Randy make me Newman remember Randy Newman. Only one who sings in any Pixar movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this one's not a Pixar, though, so that's no. fine. <clears throat> I know, I'm just thinking, like, Disney has been experimenting with not doing musicals as much, I think. Yeah. I see, yeah. So, once it's uh, free on a streaming service that you are already paying for in June, I do think this movie is worth a watch. Yeah. Mm, will I be paying for that streaming service in June That's still, the question. Because uh, Falcon <laughs> and Winter Soldier will be over by then. <laughs> yeah, but you'll want to rewatch WandaVision before you go see Doctor Strange in theaters. <laughs> I think Doctor Strange comes out next year. Well, you'll want to get a good lead up to it. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> oh, um, Christ. Did you watch the last episode of WandaVision, Jeff? We don't need to yes. talk about it. I was just curious. Um, yeah, I, I did. I, I woke up at six o'clock in the morning and watched <laughs> Yeah, it I was... think everyone did that because they were afraid that someone was going to spoil the ending, and then there wasn't really a twist ending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was basically what, like, when I was watching, uh, The Mandalorian, it would just be like, whenever I wake up, like, an hour or two early instead of going back to sleep, I would just be like, alright, I'm gonna start my day now by watching that TV show that will be spoiled for me by 9am if I don't. Yep. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, a lot of people watched WandaVision for some reason. Not me! (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty enjoyable. Um, It's fine. It's good, but I don't think it's for most people. It's for you and me, Jeff, but it's definitely not for Louisa. And (laughs) Louisa's the everyman on this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Is it horny at all? I want to see some horny superhero stuff. That's good. It's pretty horny. Like, That's good. What's good. her name? Uh, what's her name? The 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 nosy neighbor character, Jeff. Catherine Hahn. Yeah, Catherine Agnes. Hahn is very horny on it. <laughs> yeah, she's always very horny in everything she does. Yeah, 
<laughs> she does um, a great job at it. Yeah, I would say it is, uh, aside from whenever Tom Hiddleston is on screen in one of their movies, the horniest thing that Marvel Studios has done. <laughs> I'm really curious about Loki. Is he going to be allowed to be horny at all? I wonder. I bet, yeah. because he goes and becomes D.B. Cooper in that trailer. Yeah. That's I mean, like one of the horniest things a time traveler uh, can do. Wait, we what's all- horny about D.B. Cooper? Yeah. Uh, I- the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> We're all horny for a mystery, it's true! Yeah. That's why previously the horniest Disney property was Rescue Rangers. <laughs> ah, well, that's true. Uh, that God true. damn it, Loki! Fuck Gadget, or whatever her name was. Was it Gadget? Gadget. Uh, no, Gadget was a different thing. Yeah, no, Gadget, I'm pretty sure. Gadget is right. You're, you're, no, Matt's right, it's Gadget! It's Gadget. Gadget. Rescue. Yeah, that is her name. Yay! Uh, Loki, Loki also comes out in June, God damn it! so there I will have Disney+. You do Plus. need to pay for Disney forever. <laughs> her name is Gadget Hackwrench? That's not a name. No. <laughs> What's hack a Hackwrench? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, the thing I'm worried about, though, is that they'll imply it with the commercials, like, oh, look, look at Loki smirking, isn't this uh, cool and flirty? But then, like, that'll be absolutely the limit of it in the show. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, uh, uh, longing and sadness in WandaVision, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Uh, it, it, for the first time, justifies why these two characters, uh, like each other at all, so that's nice. Okay. Yeah, I actually felt an emotional, like, connection to characters in Marvel, which hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> I was like genuinely sad for her for a for a decent portion of the last couple episodes. Yeah, oh, God, it's so nice that instead of just like you would expect now that they've done the first like twenty three movie saga and they're moving on to a new thing, mm-hmm. uh, that they that they'd be like, okay, we just need to get someone else in the goddamn Iron Man armor and a new Captain America, and we'll be good. Instead, yep. they're like, no, let's take this character who's had nothing to do played by an actress who's like won awards for acting and just make her a bigger deal has yeah, she i'm genuinely seen surprised how good done. she is huh sorry it's weird no, i said i've never seen anything else she's ever done yeah, yeah, she, me she's been in like basically just indie movies and then she's been scarlet witch in the marvel ones i think mm. part of it is that they did a they did her a huge favor by not making her do that terrible fake eastern european <laughs> accent God. the whole time I can't get over them just dropping that with no discussion in the second Avengers movie. Yeah. They sort of talk about it in the show. They uh, do! They Like, someone is like, hey, why don't you have an accent anymore? Yeah, uh, the implication and- is that she used magic to get rid of her accent, which is awesome. <laughs> oh, I what it was implied to me was that she was... Uh, her American accent is just her imitating the sitcom she watched as a child. Yeah, yeah, but the way that that is brought up by the character that it's brought up by, she's in the middle of doing a lot of, like, why is the world that you created so weird with magic? And one of the things she says is, what happened to your accent? So, yeah. like, I think the implication is the first way that you tried out your, world, your like, reality-bending magic was to get rid of your accent, and I think that's awesome. And I'm really glad you did, because the actress who plays you is not good at doing the character's accent. Yep. <laughs> All right. Is it time to give some advice? It yeah. is. I pasted it in the chat uh, a link to our random word page, and our random word for WikiHow this week is wait. Uh-oh. Not yeah. like, wait, wait, don't tell me. <laughs> But rather, like, the amount of... the amount Mass? Of, 
that gravity acts upon your mass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. Oh boy. This um, is specifically the thing I don't want to tell people how to do anything to do with the word weight. Well, well not I, anything I, to do with the word weight, because some of these are fine to talk about, I think. <clears throat> yeah, I, now I'm looking at how to weight a hook for deep fishing. <laughs> yeah. You just put one of those little metal balls on there. Yeah, they make weights for that. Like, I don't understand that question. <laughs> You tie it. You tie it. You tie it near the hook. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess that is the question, right? Like, where? I, I don't know the answer, but I think this is what happens to me a lot when I embark on a new thing. Is I'm like, mm, I get it. I'll get one of these weights, and then I'll put it on the hook, and then it'll be weighted for deep fishing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get the weight and be holding it and the hook and be like. <laughs> oh, I never thought about how these will actually interact yeah. in physical space. <laughs> in the list in your mind, step two is just a bunch of question marks, and you just glossed over it. Yeah, step two was, surely this will be obvious when I'm holding it. And now I'm holding it, and it's not. Um, if I'm remembering from fishing when I was a child, uh, you can either tie the weight, if it's small enough, right next to the hook, or a little bit above the hook if it's, like, big enough that it would interfere with the hook. How much mm-hmm. weight do you need to use? Depends on how deep the water is. Mm. So, how do you- is there a formula? Is there some kind of rubric? Uh, is there I, is there a graph somewhere? Trial and error? Yeah, wouldn't it to be determined- if, if you, I'm assuming this is ocean fishing. I don't. I can't imagine it's trying to get deep into a river. But mm-hmm. assuming that it is ocean fishing, um, you, what you're trying to do is get it to be heavy enough to not move around too much in the currents. Is that right? Uh, you what also want point? it to sometimes sink to the bottom for uh, if you're getting trying to get like flounder or other. Uh, oh, low, okay, that makes more sense. But, fish. but <laughs> if you haul out a tire or a boot, it's too heavy, and you gotta yeah. go back. You're gonna have to pay a fee to send that to the recycling center in your uh, town. Yeah. yeah, but if you get three tires, you can make a little decoration for your island. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I do genuinely think that this is the kind of thing that I would do where I'd be like, okay, I'm going to start with a heavy weight and then stage it back until it gets to the point I want and then try it and then be like, was that a success or a failure? (laughs) I don't know. I give up on fishing forever. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Yep. Um, Which is probably what I should have done. Uh, there's one on here called Estimate Fetal Weight, and a lot of apps will do that for you, like, uh, how, whatever stage you are in pregnancy, like, how big is the fetus. Mm-hmm. But they're always determined by fruit, I've noticed, so. Yeah, the, the, gonna have the, way to- to, the way to get your fetal weight is to take the first digit of your social security number, mm-hmm. and the and second digit- And then the next digit- eight digits. <laughs> and then me. email it to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> No, I think, uh, I think to do this, you're going to have to get really good at knowing how much, like, a coconut weighs, because you're going to have to compare your fetus to fruit at every stage. I mean, I like- will say, I will say when you use, like, obviously I've never used a fe- fetal weight app, but when you use, like, a calorie counter app or whatever, it's always like, okay, I see you had Apple Jacks for breakfast. How many ounces of cra- Apple Jacks did you have? And I'm like, I fucking don't know. Yeah. Ounces? What? <laughs> yeah. What does that yes. mean? <laughs> you have to you have to measure your food when you do it. When you do a calorie counting app, it sucks. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. So I just delete the app off my phone. It's way easier. <laughs> 
I do still measure, uh, I, I pretty much gave up counting calories, but I do still measure cereal because I've discovered that a two to one ratio of cereal to milk is perfect. So you don't wow, have too much is, milk or cereal. That is wild because that's way too much milk. I think a one to one and a half milk is too much milk. Wait, Jeff said what? two to one. No, two to one cereal to milk. So oh, twice as I much. thought you were. I thought you, I. I thought it was two to one milk to cereal. And no, I was, no, absolutely like, not. <laughs> yeah, that is too much. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. Okay, how to do weightlifting? So find get, a heavy thing, pick it up. Get some weight that mm-hmm. is heavy, but not too heavy. That's the problem. A lot of that's the mistake a lot of people make. Yeah, they're like, I'm going to pick want- this thing up that's too heavy. Oh no, this was a t- bad idea. <laughs> The thing is, I genuinely, every time that I've done weightlifting, like, when I get back into it, I pick up a weight, and I'm like, nah, that's too late, light, it's really easy for me to pick this up, and then I go to a heavier one, and then, like, 15 reps in, I'm like, I really wish that I'd started with that lighter one. (laughs) So you should do that. You should pick up one that you're like, this is too easy to lift, and then lift that a hundred times. Yeah. Problem solved. Uh, How do you get your pig to lose weight? I don't understand this Why would you want that? If, if you're raising the pig to slaughter, you don't want it to lose weight. If you're raising it to show, you wouldn't want it to lose weight. In what context do you want a pig to lose weight? If you want it to pet. fight in a lower weight category. <laughs> <laughs> what if it's just your pet and you're like, oh, he looks a little chunky. I want him to get more exercise. The doors give him are more too exercise. narrow in my house to fit this hog anymore, so... <laughs> Is this a euphemism? <laughs> Gross. Do do hog and pig mean the same thing? No. Uh, roughly. Diff- uh, all hogs are pigs, but not all pigs are hogs. Yeah, it's more of a um, um, uh, colloquialism, really, right? Like, there's no strict definition, I don't think. I think there is, like, if you're if you are showing at 4-H or whatever, like, hogs oh, yeah, are maybe. a certain category of pigs that are, like, oh. they have to be a certain weight and be raised for meat and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, a boar is an uncastrated male domestic pig right? or a wild pig of any gender. Yeah. A hog is a domestic pig that weighs more than 120 pounds. Oh, yeah, called it! I said that! I said weight, yeah. There we uh, go. But these are, these are all the same animal. These are all the same swine. Right, but not all hogs are pigs, but all pigs are... No, not all pigs are hogs, but all hogs are pigs. So, I guess if it's just your pet, you give it less food, and I know that's hard with a pet, because the pet wants to have some more food, and they're gonna let you know. Oh god, even with a cat begging for food, I can't imagine if I had a pig begging for food, that would suck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I always wonder about this, because... You know, giving your pet less food so that they don't, so that they are a healthy weight makes sense to me. But I'm relying entirely on this pet telling me when it's time for them to eat. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if I'm starving this cat accidentally or whatever. I want this cat to be able to communicate to me, it's time for feeding me now. Mm -hmm. But cats just want to be fed all the time. (laughs) And they love lasagna. But they hate Mondays is also the thing. Yeah, so Uh, who among us does not? (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, that's a very weird one to me. Specifically get your pig to lose weight. Not dog or cat are on this list, which those would make sense to me, because everyone's dog or cat is a little bit chunky. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Maybe that's the secret, is that just accept that your dog's gonna be fat. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably fine. I, mean, I think I if I had a pig as a pet, I would be like, "Yeah, this is gonna. This is a fat pet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like I one of this, the fattest animals. <laughs> I need this pet to be fat to make me look slimmer. <laughs> 
when I take it for walks around the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm riding on my tiny mobility scooter. <laughs> when I'm peacocking with my scooter and my pig in the neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> First off, how dare you? I don't own a pig. <laughs> Not yet, you don't. <laughs> Maybe that's what's been missing from your game all this time, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, how do you get rid of water weight gain? That one's hard, because when your body Eat decides- to salt. Yeah. Eat so much salt. <laughs> When your body decides it wants to hold on to water, you just have to wait for it to stop thinking that's a good idea, because, like, honestly, what else could you do? You can't dehydrate yourself. That's a terrible idea. That's what male models do. Yeah, I know. And they're they're all doing great. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I read a thing about, like, what a male model needs to do to get, like, the kind of abs they need for photo shoots and stuff, and it genuinely sounds like Guantanamo Bay-style torture. Oh, God. Yeah, this is what we probably shouldn't talk about that we didn't want to talk about with weight loss, the details of horrible things yeah. you can do to yourself. Uh, I guess. Why is that bad to talk about? Like, don't do not do that. Yeah, I know. But I don't want to get into the specifics of it. Okay, I mean, unless you fine. want to, then we'll do whatever you want. Uh, don't dehydrate yourself. I'm gonna say that. No matter who you are, no matter what you want to look like, do not dehydrate yourself. I will take that line, frankly. Yeah, I think generally yeah. speaking, if being the weight you want to be involves doing something unhealthy for your body, then change your desires instead of changing your body. <laughs> that's a lot easier uh, said than done. Well, that's true, but yeah. you're, you're already committing to doing some pretty wild amount of work to do something unrealistic, so why not change your personality <laughs> instead? Let's go yeah. all the way. Experience weightlessness. That's on here. Yeah. You have to be in space. You have to go be rich, to rich the enough tower to do of terror. one of those. <laughs> yes. You have to be rich enough to do one of those uh planes that will drop you uh to the point of zero gravity for a few minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Uh you could just I mean, if as long as you don't mind the fact that it's a few seconds instead of a few minutes. They That's have true. ones that are like smaller that are little chambers. I've been in one uh that they like drop you know, six stories or whatever, so you have a few seconds of weightlessness. It's pretty cool. It's very scary. Like, <laughs> the first time that your stomach is weightless, it doesn't give a shit whether uh, the room you're in is falling or not. It's, it tells you it's falling. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, we're gonna die any second, just so you know. I wonder if the process of going to space would eliminate that, because you'd be feeling a lot of extra Gs first, and then gradually down to zero G, right? I think that probably, if I if I was to guess, obviously I've never been to space, but I have experienced weightlessness a few times, and I would guess that if you were in the space station, every night you'd wake up feeling like you were falling for the first, mm, like, month, and then you'd get true. used to it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I just it. keep thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> um, how do you uh, increase draw weight? So you need to have a firmer uh, bow, like the, the wood part of your bow, or mm -hmm. I guess composite metal. Uh, what is this, Robin? Compound bow, yeah. Yeah, and then you need to have a thicker gauge of wire, right? And you gotta wear one of those hand armors so that the uh, wire can't snap back and uh, cut your wrist. Yeah, it feels mm. like every one I see of those covers a different part of your hand. So what's <laughs> the part of your hand that it needs to be protecting? Yeah. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm to believe the Avengers films, it's your middle finger and your <laughs> ring finger only. <laughs> I thought it was like your forearm, like your, your yeah. I always thought that the it, tendons are at. I always thought that the bowstring could actually cut into your arm, and if it's right across your wrist, you really could be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, but I don't know for sure. So yeah, yeah. how do you increase draw weight? You have to get stronger, right? 
Yeah. I don't think that's what draw weight is. I think draw weight is how hard it is to pull back, not how How good much you, you can do pull back? Okay. Hmm. All yeah, right. Uh, well, we don't yeah. know then. I, I think that you increase the draw weight by use, like, uh, using a, a stronger material for the bow or a longer bow. Yeah. Get like a horse bone or something to be your. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself a horse bone. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good first step for a lot of these, to be honest. Make a bow, make a bow out of a horse bone. <laughs> that normal thing that we all know about. <laughs> I mean, you know, crafting table or whatever. Yeah, sorry. You get you have to you have to first kill a horse, <laughs> take yes. the meat and the bone uh, out when they fall out of its body. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> then take uh, that back our, to your crafting table. <laughs> all of our advice is only applicable in Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. If you had a bone bow, you would have to keep it wet or something all the time, wouldn't you? So it wouldn't dry out and snap. I think that's true of wood bows as well. Yeah, yeah but it's a lot easier to keep... oil your bow. Yeah, but it's a lot easier to keep wood supple than it would be to do it to a bone, I think? I don't know. If, I'm, guys... to be- if I'm to believe uh, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, bone bows are not very good. They're one of the weakest ones you can get. Okay. <laughs> Did you guys know that Santa Claus's bones, the, like the last miracle mm. of Santa Claus is that his bones exude a, ke- a healing oil? Yeah, Excuse right? me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not so unusual for a saint, but yuck, yucko. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, in whatever town in Italy, there's an annual festival where people get together and drink the oil that came out of Santa's bones. Oh, that's God. pretty crazy. <laughs> the mis- I- Oh, boy. I found an article- The first result is an article from Mental Floss, the mysterious case of Santa Claus's leaking bones. What yeah. the hell is this? Sorry I've cursed you and all of our (laughs) listeners with this knowledge. Did you speak this back in time and create it? I've never even heard of this. I know, it's great, isn't it? It's great how the world continues to reveal its (sighs) mysteries to you over time. Every time you think you know everything about what's going on in the world, suddenly something like Santa's leaking bones comes up. (laughs) I... So often have use for that gif of Thanos saying you're not the only one cursed with knowledge. <laughs> yes. Uh, why is it that all of our all of my best jokes are about Santa Claus? Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's a joke, it's a real thing I about know. him. It could be both. Yeah. <laughs> it could be both is definitely my entire sense of humor and culture <laughs> on that idea. Yep. I say things that are true, but also extremely funny. <laughs> Oh, okay. (laughs) So you've really figured out the perfect system, then. Not only are the things true, but extremely funny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. How do you weight train for marathons? Is that like strapping those weights around your ankles so so that it feels a lot lighter when you're actually running? Maybe. Yeah. You go and train in the hyperbolic time chamber with uh, King Kai. (laughs) (laughs) It is hyperbolic, isn't it? It should be hyperbaric, shouldn't it be? I guess the the hyperbola of time going super slow. Yeah, plus uh, the hyperbole of, um, like, getting strong without doing extra stuff to do it. (laughs) No, they do all the stuff. They definitely do all the stuff. We see mm-hmm. all the stuff. All right. This was this was definitely a uh, translation error because it's just called the Room of Spirit in Time in Japan. 
spirit and time. <laughs> I mean, I, I love the techno babble of hyperbolic time chamber, but the words don't actually make any sense if you break yeah. them down. <laughs> that was someone in the 90s who, d- or even maybe the 80s, who did not have Google and had to, uh, uh, what is it? Hyper, hyperbolic, right? Uh, yeah. That doesn't sound right, but I have no way to check this. <laughs> I know a hyperbola is one of those bell-shaped graphs. Does that help me? <laughs> uh, Jeff, I want to ask you this one, because I don't understand it. How do you compute weighted grades? You're a teacher. I have never understood what weighted grades are. Oh, the computer does that for me. <laughs> God damn it! How do you well, program the computer the then, I guess? You compute it. Oh, damn. I'll never know. I'll never know now. Yeah, yep. I don't even know. God. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's probably just, like, you know, math percentage stuff to do it, but, like, there's no need for me to do that manually. The it's software not like you're a math teacher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, well, let's shut that down. Lifting. <laughs> that is very funny that it's worded that way. <laughs> Didn't we already do that one? Yeah, we did. Yeah, but it, it's yeah. just occurring to me that it's <laughs> how, not how to lift weights, how to do weightlifting. Uh, how to get pecs without weights. I don't think you can. Mm. Yeah. Push-ups. Oh. No. Push-ups are great for pecs. I think yeah, push-ups and, are better for pecs than weights, to be honest. And pull-ups. Uh, like a chin-up yeah. bar would be very good for that, too. I don't think right. that's true, actually. I don't think pull-ups do your chest. They do your arms more. It and depends on which which type you're doing. I think if you're doing the um the wide grip, the kind where your the back of your hand is facing you and you're pulling mm. up, that is good for your chest. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. There's three grips. There's side, uh, hands facing you, and hands facing away from you. So yes, those side grip ones are hard as shit. Yeah, I think those work the most muscle groups. Oh my god, it makes you feel like you're trying to like carry two tires. <laughs> Sorry, right, that Louisa, metaphor I... is not good. Yeah, it's not. Uh, Louise, I have one for you here. How to weight and unweight telemark skis. I don't understand most of the words in this question. <laughs> Our... Telemark sounds like a telecommunications company or something, but mm-hmm. is it a brand of skis being the things that you put on your feet when you go down a snowy mountain? <laughs> is that what this is? Yeah, I think so. Uh... Why would you need to weight your skis? Oh is that- no! Sorry, telemark is a is a variety of skiing. It's a type of skiing named after what? the telemark region of Norway. What? Uh, is that where telemarketers come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> that would be great, actually, if you were like, "Hi, I'm a telemarketer," and you yeah. and people would be like, "Oh, I hate getting calls from you guys," and you're like, "No, I'm just from the." town of telemark that's what we call ourselves i'm a doctor <laughs> like the people from lesbos who call themselves lesbians yeah <laughs> and then they wink at you yeah you know what i mean oh, Christ. uh tel- telemark skis uh your heel is free to lift up off the ski oh no thank you I so hate do that. you weight them like on the front like when you're cheating at bobsledding <laughs> Which I only know about because of the movie Cool Runnings. Cool when Runnings. That's what mm, that's Candy, a good movie, though. That's what John Candy did to yeah. get fired. <laughs> fired uh, from the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, so you would just have to put different amounts of weight at the front and the back and see how you do it skiing, right? And then you'll know? Yeah, yeah. probably. Okay, good. 
Uh, are, are there any other good ones here? How to determine molecular weight? Matt, you probably... Can't yeah, you just you consult the chart? The, you take the, the ratio of the different things, so if your solution is like 90% water, then you take 90% times the weight of the thing times the number of molecules in the thing, and then you that's how you find out how much the weight of each molecule in the thing is. Can't you just get it off the periodic table? Can't you just crib it right off the table? What table? What, <laughs> the periodic what? table of elements. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. That's each, what I'm saying. Each element has a weight, but to determine the molecular weight in a solution, you then have to, like, multiply that by how much solution you have. Is this where moles come in? I remember trying to calculate um, stuff with moles. Yes. A mole is the weight of, like, a thousand of the thing? 23 to the times 6, or 6 times 23. Oh, there's a 23 in there. No, that's oh the speed of light, I think. No, I, I gotta look up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to look up, the number 23? Because you're going to find a Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> uh, uh, moles. Wait, the, oh, the shit. Truman Show? Yep, the number Truman Show. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I don't think there's any other good ones in here. I mean, a lot of them are variants on the weighted grades question with financial ratio, weighted financial ratios, weighted averages, which is all just do it backwards. Like, start from a the, the highest one is now 100%, and then calculate all of the other ones. Here we go. I had some of those numbers right, I would like the record to show. Because it is 6.022, and there's extra things, but basically 6 times 10 to the 23rd power. Okay. So, I think I know a little something about how to figure out <laughs> the atomic weight of... <laughs> no, the molecular weight of things. Yeah, the atomic weight is the one that's just right on the periodic table. Yes. Um, yeah. All, all weighted averages, including grades, you start with the highest number, make that 100%, and then figure out what all the other ones oh, are. Oh, shit. That's this is like your thing earlier, though, because you say that to me, and then I'm at, in my mind, I'm like, take the number, step one. Step two, a bunch of question marks. <laughs> step three, <laughs> make that the highest number. <laughs> well, like, here's what I'm saying. If we all took a test, and it had 100 questions, and none of us got 100 right, yeah. but Jeff got 30 right, and he was the best one. <laughs> Damn, we're doing pretty bad on this test. Yeah, it's a hard test. <laughs> Then 30 would be the highest grade in right. A. I understand then, that part. And then each of us, if I got 25 right, then I would be getting not 25 out of 100, but 25 out of 30. Right. Because 30 is the highest one. But how do you calculate that is my question. How do you make 30 100%? 20, you just do 25 divided by 30. You get an right. 83% math. Oh, exactly. shit. This is the stuff I can never remember in the moment, and then I just uh, calculate things a bunch of different ways until one of them looks like what I guess the right answer would be, and then i like, that's probably the formula. Well, when the was... thing with grades is you just divide the points you got by the maximum points, and that gives you the percentage. Yeah. When I was in school, I thought I was very terrible at math, but I think I may be good at math and just bad at school. Yeah, mm. that's true of a lot of people, probably, right? <laughs> I, I, I was very good at uh, math, which is why I hated it because the way they taught it was you have to do it 300 times I'm yeah like, that's true yeah. I get it doing the like three different scenarios in which there are special rules to 
remember, and I don't yep. need to repeat it to remember how to do them. Yeah. Yes. I remember teachers trying to get me that. This wasn't math. I did okay in math, but uh, I would read very fast, and then we would occasionally have, like, lessons on how to read faster. And I'm, I would already be better than what they wanted the goal to be. And then they'd be like, yep. but you're not remembering things from it very well because you're reading so fast. And I'm like, but I am, though. And I would pass those tests. And then it's like, you're not teaching me anything at the moment. You're trying to gotcha me about this. <laughs> and it feels weird and, and wrong. Like, hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. <laughs> yeah, that's when I joined Pink Floyd. Hey, teacher, Can't get your damn hands off her. <laughs> Can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat. <laughs> <laughs> that's your favorite line right <laughs> that is true <laughs> i just i love the fact that pudding sometimes just means any dessert mm-hmm. in british english it yeah. always just means any dessert in british english yes it does sometimes it's a little biscuit that you eat with dinner though yeah that's but the not dessert. a biscuit because that's, that's a cookie dessert. the problem <laughs> is um Etymologically, it only means a mixture of things, so it used to mean any type of sausage or pie or dessert or anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Love it. <sighs> and people wonder why Britain has a reputation for being bad at food. <laughs> we have one word for any time you put a bunch of things in a bowl. <laughs> They're all pretty good, though, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, you just boil a bunch of the uh, worst-tasting parts of the animal and call it pudding, mm-hmm. and then act surprised when people don't like that. Yeah, no, we made this dessert out of all that fat around the kidneys of that cow we mm, slaughtered. So good, though. <laughs> all that good, good fat. Mixed uh. it with some sawdust, you love it. Yeah, I was with the about- dessert, you can tell by how it smells like absolute ass in here. <laughs> I was thinking about this uh, because recently we were talking about religious restrictions on food, and I looked up any for Christianity because I don't know of any. Um, And one of them was that you can't eat blood was one of the early Christian restrictions. And at what point... Because of aforementioned Dracula. Go on. (laughs) At what point did we decide, eh, we're not going to do that anymore. God's fine with this. Because blood pudding (laughs) exists. There's plenty of things with blood. So... I I believe it was approximately uh, 2,021 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because that's literally the split. Like, the reason we don't have to follow the rules in Leviticus is because Jesus forgave us for not doing them anymore. Pretty good. Yep. I can eat all the blood I want. (laughs) Thanks, Jesus, Uh, you say, with blood all around your mouth. It was very easy for me because all I had to do was use my enormous brain to deduce that Jesus never existed and then I was free from all of this. <laughs> but you're not free from the tyranny of Santa Claus and his magical oils. Oh, that yep. goddamn bastard. Lick those bones, Jeff. Lick them. <laughs> no, I Gave never their will. healing strength. You must lick these bones. <laughs> I don't care if I never get a Christmas present again, I will not lick the ooze from his bones. This is the beginning of a Dr. Seuss novel. Match. We can't uh, talk about him anymore. He's a no. culture war thing. Yeah, no, I'm talking about how much he sucks shit, so it's fine. No, no. Yeah. I uh, feel, I feel I think- kind of sour grapes about the whole Dr. Seuss thing, because for one, I think it's pretty ridiculous that people have suddenly realized all the uh, post-World War II uh, racist propaganda he did. Like, it's been around for a while, he's been dead for a while. Yeah. But also, uh, I never liked any of his works, so the fact that he's yeah. cancelled is fine by me. 
I love that he's cancelled, and I love the fact that uh, racist shitheads are so upset about it. It's all good, good to me. Yeah. All, the, all that happened is his estate decided to stop publishing six of his books that nobody cares about anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so good. I love how many, like, weird right-wing libertarians who are so about, like, corporations or people and they should determine all of our lives, daddy, uh, like, are also like, how dare this corporation make a decision about not publishing non-profitable things anymore? That's cancel culture somehow. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Anyway. Uh, okay, any other weight things? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We saw yeah. it. the end. So, if you feel like you need to lose weight, then probably think about whether you're doing that because you feel that way, or because you think society wants you to be a certain way, and then realize you don't have to do what society says to do. Yeah. Anarchy, everybody. Yeah. Alright, so thanks everyone for listening to the show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use. Uh, and please tell your friends about the show. That's a great way for us to grow. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter, at HackTheNetPod, uh, or you can um, uh, join our Discord to talk to us directly by messaging us on Mastodon. I'm on Mastodon at Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. I'm also on Mastodon, mastodon.social slash at JeffJK. JeffJK on Snapchat and Instagram. Those are all of my things. <laughs> all right, you can find me on Mastodon at Louisa at mastodon.xyz. All right, gang. Well, thanks for listening, and please come back next week. In the meantime, remember, we are your net nannies. Don't read the comments. Do your job! <laughs>